The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you very much for being with me this evening. Tonight I'm doing a solo presentation, and what I was looking at this weekend, last week, and I apologize for not being able to um, speak with you. I had a couple of things come up, and I just did not get prepared enough to present for you. So this, what I did is sort of a carryover from that. And what I'm looking at is what is there in the news about sexuality that needs to be either explained, cleaned up, or haul someone up on the carpet. Because me, what we're looking at, okay, whether it is on your phone, on your iPad, screen in front of you, or you actually are hearing it from a TV or from a radio, there to me is an unspoken responsibility that is required of anyone reporting on this subject area in the media. Period. And I have to let you know that I, I'm the media expert for an online university called Sex Coach University, founded by Dr. Patty Britton and Dr. Robert Dunlap. And I'm the person who was brought in to guide experts in the area of sexuality about dealing with the media. And I think we also then should have courses for the media on how to deal with sexuality, because for me, a large number of them do a bad job. So I'm going to start with something that has probably been bandied around a little bit over the last couple of weeks, and that is I'm going to jump in and talk about Michael Douglas and his comment of his oral cancer being caused by cunnilingus or oral sex. Well, and, and then his backpedaling by himself and his um, uh, representative saying he didn't say it. Well, all you have to do, and isn't it fun that in this day and age, all you have to do is go online and go like this, keystroke, keystroke, let me find it. And you too can listen to the exact interview where he does state specifically that it was caused by that. Now, if I think here's the other thing that I'd like to point out for tonight. We do have a lot of information being given to us. We do have a lot of things that we have to wade through, and that includes myself. 
So what I wanted to look at is what was the question in the context of? And it was in the context of, and he did actually specifically say that entire thing because the little MP3 recording is in the um, article, that he was being asked, did he feel that there was his own responsibility as a result of his previous lifestyle choices in the area of alcohol consumption, smoking, because we know that those are associated and poor nutrition is also associated with, of course, more disease and increases of cancer. So that question was being asked, do you think that that had anything to do with your oral cancer? And he said, no, it had to do with cunnilingus. Well, someone may have told him that, but I have to tell you, to me, that response was just irresponsible on his part. We do not know that it causes it. It can be associated. So I went back and I looked at HPV-16, which is the human papilloma virus associated with oral cancer, with throat and lingual tongue cancers. And I went back and I thought, okay, where does this stuff come from? What's its source? So I started looking back through papers, and I found that actually there's a paper by Ho and Chan and where did I find this one? Do excuse me if I'm looking around because I've got my desk is sort of looks littered with papers and studies. And it is from, when did they write this little puppy? It was from National University of Singapore, Singapore. And they're talking about, I think it was 1993. But what they did is they think that the human papillomavirus 16 originated sometime in Africa and they were following the genetic drift of it for prehistoric times for over 200,000 years. So it's not something new. The other thing you have to know about papillomavirus is that there's human papillomavirus, there's canine, dog, there's feline, cat, there's bovine, cows, there's equine, horses, there's avian, bird. And I was trying to see, if, is there a connection between them? Do they cross species? Couldn't find that. But that's how my brain works. I want to find out, you know, can we get more information on this? Also, I think what people have to know is that there's over 100 different types of human papillomavirus. So some will cause planter's warts. Some will cause genital warts. And genital warts, condyloma, are not the same thing as cervical. They're not the same thing as anything that's going to cause dysplasia or different cell growth on the cervix. So I think we need to look at and have better research and better um, delivery of information about this before. Thank you, Michael Douglas. You have now caused more women to not have the type of satisfying sex that they were used to having as a result of oral sex because of your comment. I can't tell you how many people said, oh, my God, I'm never going to do this again. I'm like, oh, my Lord, stop, stop, before, you know, people go running off like this. We know that for the majority of people who do have an exposure to human papillomavirus, their own immune system catches it and puts it under control. We also know that if 
we're talking about something that is causing a health impact for many women. You know, and exactly, I just got this little note saying, I'm sure he meant to do that. You know what? That's a very selfish motive on your part, Michael. And then on top of it, his poor wives, they get dragged into this as well. Nothing, we know that if someone is going to have something show up as a result of human papillomavirus for women with cervical cancer, it can incubate for up to 20 years. So, and then let's go, I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but then let's go and look at the human papillomavirus impacted for women and then the vaccines associated with it. Because this is another area that I get asked a lot of questions about. And so anyone who has any questions about the Michael Douglas thing, and by the way, I'm, I want to have on, and, and this is, I'm going to talk about this right now, uh, a friend of mine, she's one of my closest and best friends, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, and she wrote a book saying no to vaccines, a resource guide for all ages. And really what this book is, is it is a researched, without an agenda, book on choice. Now, listen, we're living longer, our bodies are lasting longer, and what we also know is that we want to take care of our health in better ways. So at no time, and and I wrote the foreword for this book, by the way, um, myself and another physician, Dr. Andrew Moulton, and what we both, he's a BA, MBA, MD, PhD, and what we both looked at is what is, why do we have so many more vaccines. What, what's going on here? And to me, what I want is I want accurate and full disclosure from medical professionals. So I, at no time in our history are we calling the medical profession onto the responsibility carpet to answer questions about and give us ex- explanations that never before were asked. I mean, I know my parents never would have asked their physicians the things that I ask and say, look, show me the information, show me the data. And we're going to have we're going to come to a break in a couple of minutes here but i'm going to try and cover some of this beforehand that we have a responsibility to take care of our health and we're not getting as much in my mind responsible reporting about sexual health and sexual health impacts by the media so that for me was something when dr tenpenny was writing this book my concern was about gardasil and I will tell you that in the um, – I started looking at who, where did this come from? Why was there such a massive push for it? What's going on? Who's, who's behind all of it? And I'm going to borrow from Dr. Moulton, who – he made the comment, this is Dr. Andrew Moulton, and he said in, in her book um, – saying no to vaccines. Dr. Tenpenny documents the clear evidence that the universal injection of more than 100 vaccine antigens by age six, uh, by six years of age cannot possibly be a benign event within the physiology of children. There are dozens of vaccines in the commercial pipeline. This overt capitalism is disguised as preventative medicine, marketed as fear, mandated by law, enforced by public health officials, implemented by physicians. When financial gain motive sales of any product, there are consequences to accepting the safety of that product on blind faith. And 
if one goes back and more mothers and more people are calling into question whether or not there need to be vaccines. Myself, you have your... It's not like you're not born without an immune system. You have one. And if we look at what has changed, I mean, by the time a child is six, it gets a combination of 100 different vaccines. There's something truly off the scale on that. So when it comes to Gardasil, I'll cover that as soon as we come back from my first break. And I'm going to use the information from Dr. Diane Harper, who was one of the researchers and herself an MD and a mom. And I'm going to use her information from the International Public Conference on Vaccination, which was held in 2009 in Reston, Virginia. Please stay with me. I will be right back after this with the comments from Dr. Harper about Gardasil. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoda, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. 
Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Just before the break, I was talking about Gardasil, the vaccine that is being promoted to uh, protect against cervical cancer and its main target market when it was first introduced in 2006-2007 were uh, children, young girls, uh, I believe it was 11 to 17, and at that point I was being asked, why do we need this? What's going on? Now, there's no question that we want to keep ourselves and want to keep our children and, and everyone else healthy, but here's the thing that I looked at. One has to be really honest and do their research on exactly what is happening with human papillomavirus. And so I started looking at who did the research, where is it, and what can I learn from it. So I looked at the, the it was a presentation by Dr. Diane Harper, who, again, as I said before, it was at the Fourth International Public Conference on Vaccination, October 2nd through the 4th, Western Virginia in 2009. And October the 2nd is when Dr. Harper spoke, Gardasil vaccine, informed consent. And what, I'm I'm just going to paraphrase her, you know, 45-minute plus presentation, which I have gazillions of notes on here. What she actually stated is we, there is nothing that has greater efficacy or is more effective at the prevention of cervical cancer than screening, not a vaccination, screening. And what screening is, is the pap smear. And that is where the skin cells of the cervix are taken off with a, like a wooden little, you know, like almost like a popsicle stick, put onto a plate and examined under a microscope. And that is the most effective. And she cited the example of the 1990s in Finland. They were using the the screening of how many women were being screened and how the impact within that population. Here's another thing I think people have to look at. Talk about the scare factor of marketing these products. When Gardasil first came out, it was, there were two products coming onto the market at the same time. Gardasil is from Merck, and Cervarex is from GlaxoSmithKline. And they both are, were coming onto the market at the same time, and Gardasil beat Cervarex to the starting point. And what I looked at is Merck was having a couple of its billion-dollar baby pharmaceutical products fall off what they call patent protection, meaning they no longer could market them without competition. And they were looking for another billion-dollar baby. So what better thing to do than to look for? And, you know, before people jump and say, oh, my God, you're not wanting to take care of children, not wanting... Yes, I am. 
you know what I want to do? I want to take better care of them because I don't want them to have something put into their body that could have a severe adverse reaction for them, which is one of the things that is not being properly reported with these vaccines. And I think it's time people put their head above the water and went, oh, my God. So look at it from the standpoint of follow the money. I don't have a vested interest in either of these other than health. And the name of my company is Frankly Speaking. And it stands for the fact that anything in the area of sexuality should be giving people information about it that gives them freedom, is respectful, is accurate, is non-judgmental, and is knowledge. And that's what I stand for. And that is my intention. So when I see people being told information that isn't accurate, it makes me crazy. So let's go back to this. With Gardasil, they're marketing it to a group of young women who are not being sexually active. So they're trying to say, well, we're going to market it to them, and we're going to market based on fear. What better things to do than to say children and cancer? Hmm, that's going to hit a lot of things, isn't it? Now, shall, shall I go back and talk about questioning the necessity and effectiveness? And this is from material um, from Dawn Richardson of an organization, and she herself had two young daughters. She was in Texas, and she said, I am not having my young daughters be vaccinated with something that, you know, they cannot prove to me it is, you know, the, the efficacy of what they're stating. So it, in the junior high girls, the majority of them are not being sexually active, okay? Also, in more than 90% of cases, human papillomaviruses are harmless and go away without treatment. Now, these comments that she's making, this comes from National Institutes of Health, the the National Cancer Institute. Most cervical cancers can be prevented, and cervical cancer is very, very rare among women who have pap smears. Cervical cancer is much more highly, highly represented in populations of women who do not have what is referred to as their own sexual agency. And that tends to be more women who are immigrant populations, and they do not, are not able to have domain over their own bodies. So they're being told by the men in their lives what they're supposed to be doing. They have to have sex. They cannot go. Um, they, they, they don't have the choices that most Western women would. The average age of diagnosis for um, cervical cancer is 48. So, and, and that's because of how long it often takes for it. And these women, if they aren't getting proper health care, and it's also some things are very much tied to diet, we've got... Why are we vaccinating these young girls when we know that that's not their behavior? No, that all you have to do is be the informed consumer as a parent, as a mother, as a father, and look at it. I'm asked specifically, would I vaccinate my son or right now with or Cervarex? Absolutely not. And I'm going to rely on Dr. Diane Harper's comments that... Screening is the number one thing that is going to be your, the best thing for prevention of cervical cancer. And now when I, when I look at the, the people who are doing the advertising, they're very, very good. They're very good. I feel better. I feel better. They're marketing exactly to the emotional hot points that have people go, oh, if I don't do this, then there's going to be something wrong with me. 
be an informed consumer, go and get the information, and make the choice that you're comfortable with, okay? There was a most recent article that literally just came out today, and I printed this little puppy off. Let me find it. Where did I put it? Da-da-da. And, oh, HPV vaccine cut infection by half in teen girls. I do not have enough information on this particular uh, study that was done, but I will tell you as soon as I read that it says this should be a wake-up call that we need to increase vaccination rates, I am immediately go, okay, follow the money. Do you realize how many people are involved with vaccination stuff as lobbyists? It's like two to one for representatives. What we need to do is we need to take back our own bodies and our own information. And then these representatives, for some of them, they go off and they end up being within the pharmaceutical industry as consultants slash they still have the tie back in to all of the people who they've been representatives with. People, it is time for us to be As I said before, no time before have we called more things onto the carpet because we have more disclosure. We have more information available for us. Use it. It's about your health and your family's health and your peace of mind. Again, I am wanting to get Dr. Tenpenny on my show again. She, first off, she is this font of information that is absolutely amazing. And her book, she's doing an updating to it. And I think there's one of the things that we need to be is on top of things that help us and help our families. So next thing I'm going to talk about is there was um, there's a website called XBiz. Um, it's a newsletter that comes out. And one of the things that's been going back and forth is uh, there's a uh, product called Manufactured by Standard Innovation, and the product is called WeVibe, we dash. And the company was created by a gentleman, Bruce Merson, and his wife. They happen to be based in Canada, and they have a major lawsuit that came forward. Now, let me tell you something, people. Everyone has their trade show that they go to. Mine happens to be the Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo, which, in essence, is a trade show for sex toys. And WeVibe came out, and what happened is when Bruce and his wife for creating this, it was because his wife said, wow, can't we create something that's for couples? So he is an engineer. He created this. It took him like, you know, five years, six years to do this. And the this huge lawsuit came out, and they ended up suing another company that totally ripped off the design of their product called Lelo, L-E-L-O. And this past week, the International Trade Commission ruled in favor of WeVibe in their vibrator patent case, and that was huge, absolutely huge. So at this point, of course, Lalo is, you know, has fired back saying, well, we're, you know, filing, uh, you know, another thing saying we don't agree with this. Well, of course, they're not going to agree with it. And what do you think their attorneys are doing? How much longer can we line our pockets? But the important thing about this is that there is the veracity, there is the integrity, they have the lawsuit, they want it, and I think that is fabulous. And when I come back, I'll be talking about some more toys and talking about catfish. So please stay with me. I will be back after this break.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. So what I had, had been speaking about just before the break was the lawsuit that the International Trade Commission ruled in favor of WeVibe. It's a company that happens to be out of Ottawa, Ontario. And what I want people to know about this is this is one of the first times that I have seen something of this nature in the area of adult novelties being settled by a court. This gives you an idea of A, the amount of money that is involved with adult toys. And it also is they went to a court to say, look, stop. You are stealing our stuff. You've stolen our patents. And I'll just read you. I mean, they did, the court did not exactly, the IT, the court did not, you know, stop from doing a serious, like, slap and, you know, boot to Lalo. The ITC, which is International Trade Commission, bans the import, sale, marketing, advertising, distribution, offer for sale, transfer except for exportation, and solicitation of U.S. agents or distributors in the United States for all infringing Lalo products, including Tiani, Tiani 2, and any other infringing products 
including those not named in the investigation. And this has been something that has been going on for, gosh, that I'm aware of over a year, and I am thrilled to see it. It's also, just as an, you know, to give you a little more awareness, when you look at a vibrator, you might hear the name of something. You go, oh, bunny, uh, sounds like something I know. Maybe not. When uh, this is something that happened, oh, gosh, probably about seven years ago, there was a uh, company in London who was marketing a thing called the Waskily Wabbit. So like Waskel W. Wabbit. And the company was doing a knockoff of something called the Rabbit Pearl. And what happened is they were using an incredibly cheap, very, very inexpensive manufacturer. And what was happening is there was a wire in this rotating portion of it that was inserted vaginally that was springing out of it. Imagine. And so people were going like this, oh, no, the rabbit pearl is a disaster. Well, it wasn't the rabbit pearl. It was an incredibly cheap, cheap knockoff. And this company was marketing them, and, you know, needless to say, they had to, you know, pull them off. So I was getting asked, is it the same thing? No. Again, let's go back to you need to be the informed consumer. And if you have any questions about products and things like that, email me, okay? Email me or, you know, send me something. I'll tell you, I'm not very fast on Facebook. I tend to do much better on email. So office at Loop Hadget, and I will get back to you as soon as um, I can and give you a, you know, a proper answer on that. So another thing, this week, last week I was going to have a few more comments on Edward Snowden and on the U.S. agencies spying on innocent people. And I thought it was interesting today that Valerie Plame, who was the operative who got outed by um, the U.S. government, got, and she said herself, she doesn't think Edward Snowden is a hero, but she does think that this is something that it is something that needed to be brought forward. Again, no, at no time are we wanting to have, we are a generation and we are a world now that is not, it, hey, I don't care what government says. Those are people who got, who won a popularity contest, let's be honest, who have themselves in a situation, the last thing they want to do is drop off favor and drop off their goodies, Okay. So with Edward Snowden, all he did was say, look, you can't keep doing this and lying to people and lying to them about what you're doing. There is, and Valerie Plame, when, you know, the, these people are saying, oh, well, you know, this guy is an absolute, you know, terror and he's all of these things. She's like, who are they to be calling him onto the carpet when they were the people who disclosed her? That was Cheney, by the way. So I think to me it's, each person has to look at these things and, again, look at who's got the influence, who's controlling the media, and make your own decisions. Because I'll tell you, when you look at things from a heart perspective as opposed to a brain perspective, and I've talked about this before, when you think of something and you think of it only and you think of it and you get all of the sensation from, like, your neck up, that's not your little voice speaking. 
that's your brain speaking. And kids, I'm telling you, your brain's not your friend. <laughs> Although I happen to like mine because I do have a lot of fun with it. But I will tell you, the thing that is going to be your biggest delivery of accuracy in anything you're looking at, whether it is choosing you know, a partner or looking at some material or looking at what might work for you, listen to that little tiny voice because it can't lie. It simply can't. And that is more of that basic reptilian brain that is not involved with It doesn't respond to the language stuff. It responds to feeling. So your feelings are the number one thing that you should always, always be paying attention to. So that's why my initial reaction when I heard that Michael Douglas had said that some woman, not him, was responsible for him having oral cancer, I was like, oh, it is, that is just so not okay. It is time to call him on the carpet. So let's go forward here. Here's another article that I thought was most interesting. Again, and it's something I'd spoken about previously. There are more of the reparative therapy um, proponents, people who had been very involved with it, who had been part of the, the group is called Exodus International. And actually, the, I'm not, oh, actually it is to be on tomorrow evening, June 20th for anyone who wants to watch it. And it is, the gentleman's name is Alan Chambers, and he is the ex-gay group leader who, according to this headline out of HuffPost, apologizes for practices on Lisa Ling's special report. And what it is, is it's almost like a, him speaking with other people and saying that he comes face-to-face with them and he's there with his wife, he's there with others, and he faces his critics and the pointed dialogue that emerges and talks about bringing the future of Exodus into question. And one of the gentlemen who was there, I just I saw the trailer of it, they said Exodus has to be um, dismantled. In, now, Exodus is considered... Exodus International, one of the world's largest ex-gay organizations, claimed to offer a cure for homosexuality. Now, for myself, and I've spoken to my other colleagues in this area, I had on my um, colleague and, and good friend, Dr. Winston Wilde, and the title of his show was Reparative Therapy is Neither. And he has worked with people who he has seen the damage of what these things have done. And the big thing that was for him the most heinous thing that they do is they tell people, you will not be lovable. You will not be able to be loved. And we're all here on this planet to be loved, okay? I I don't care who you are. Um, My feeling is I don't ascribe to a particular religion, but I do know that there's something that is that we all have come from. There is um, a spirit, there is a creator, there is something that we are all sourced from. And the main reason we're here is love. Sometimes we mix up love and sex a lot, and you know, that's why there's love. But really, we're here for love. And to tell people you're not lovable is just, that's a damnable thing. And 
the main reason people have done this is because they're scared of what people are doing. So I think that this, I myself intend to watch. So it's Lisa Ling's show. It's called Our America with Lisa Ling. Special report, God and Gays, which airs Thursday, June 20th at 10 p.m. And happens to be on the the, um, Oprah Network. Another thing that came out this week is, and I was so pleased to see this, is Representative Lisa Murkowski is backing gay marriage. Now, she is a Republican from Alaska. Now, here's the part of the story that I think some of you might find a a little more interesting. She herself previously had... She had, you know, she had said she backed um, a ban in 1998 on state gay marriage. And I'll read this for you. And I, myself, having, uh, my older sister is gay. And I know what she has gone through with trying to be, have the things that she does in her family and with her partner be acknowledged. And what Dr. What pardon me? What Lisa Murkowski said is well, she's actually joining Republican Senators Rob Portman, Ohio, and Mark Kirk, Illinois, in supporting same-sex marriage. And she says, "I apologize that in the, this area I'm a Republican. I will be criticized for it." She said, "The thing that had her change her thinking was an Alaska, Alaskan lesbian couple who had adopted four children, and that is what influenced her." And I'll read, you know, her comments when I come back after my break because I'm going to a break in one minute. But I also want people to know I am thrilled that there are now 14 states that acknowledge that people fall in love and they don't have any control over who they fall in love with. And they create families. They create balance. And their main thing that they want to do is they want to be recognized. And in Minnesota, the thing that tipped that over was saying it's not about a right. It is about love. And it is about couples who love one another and have created family. And I will go into that when I come back after my break. I'm coming up to my final break here. I will be back talking about the gay marriage issue. And then I'm going to talk about the abortion ban that passed and actually did not pass. And here we go to the tunes and the 50 Shades of Grey director got chosen. I'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. 
People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Just before the break, I was talking um, about Representative Lisa Murkowski, who is the Republican for Alaska, who has just changed, you know, her focus and said and her, her support of gay marriage. And I'll read to you why. And, you know, when, when you hear this, everything happens as a result of relationship and how we relate to people. And it also is how it touches our hearts. Because for even, you know, Clinton himself said when he was being acknowledged, and I'm trying to remember what organization it was, but he was being acknowledged and he said flat out it was his daughter Chelsea who really gave him the awareness and had him become more, you know, sensitized to people who were gay, who were LBGT, you know, lesbian, bi, gay, or transsexual or in, uh, questioning and gender food. Here's what Representative Murkowski said. In a statement on marriage equality, Murkowski spoke of an Alaskan lesbian couple who adopted four children and said the family story influenced her thinking. She said, yet despite signing up and volunteering to give themselves fully to these four adorable children, and of course I'm going to go online right after this and find out who this couple is, <laughs> our government does not meet this family halfway and allow them to be legally recognized as spouses. After years of sleepless nights, after-school pickups, and birthday cakes, if one of them gets sick or injured and needs critical care, the other would not be allowed to visit them in the emergency room, and the children could possibly be taken away from the healthy partner. They do not get considered for household health care benefit coverage like spouses nationwide. This first-class Alaskan family still lives a second-class existence. Now, isn't that a fabulous, classy way for her to approach this. Now, for myself, 
I'm going to also weave in here. I am the new vice chair for the leadership council on sexual, for the leadership chair on human sexuality at the University of Minnesota program in human sexuality at the um, medical school at the University of Minnesota, which is a long way of saying that this is the first chair in the world, first endowed chair, that this is the first chair that has been funded that secures this chair and the research in the area of human sexuality because what's happening with universities, most of you may know, universities and education, is the funding is getting cut. So if there is someone who may be a tenured professor, retires and leaves, that position does not necessarily get funding again. But if there is money that is specifically to support that, that chair is safe. It's secure. And that was one of the things that got started by Dr. Eli Coleman, who's at University of uh, uh, Minnesota. He is the head of the program of human sexuality. I'm telling you this because one of the things that I saw was the, the chair of the um, leadership uh, council is Dr. Chip Martin. And Dr. Martin and his partner, Chip is a... Uh, uh, endocrine, uh, he's a neonatologist, I believe, but he specializes in the area of uh, with young children, with babies, and he and his partner have two adopted children, and they asked for mixed-race children. They wanted to have children that represented Chip himself as black and his partner, Bill, is white, and they wanted to have the acknowledgement in Minnesota, and Chip has been a very strong proponent of gay marriage. And interestingly enough, Michelle Bachman happens to be in his district, the, I believe it's the sixth district. But what we are doing now is the funding for the Joycelyn Elders Chair in sexual health education. Now, Joycelyn Elders was the former Surgeon General of the U.S. under the Clinton administration. And she herself, as a pediatric, endocr- a pediatric endocrinologist, looked at all of these young women, all of these, as she said, these bright young minds that had their futures cut short because it was babies having babies. And we are now like 300,000 away from the 2 million of getting the Joycelyn Elders Chair funded. So. Anyone, I'm going to make a strong call out to anyone who supports the legacy of who Dr. Elders is. She is an icon for so many, and this is one way for people to support her and help her live her dream, which is to have and interrupt the poverty cycle of babies having babies by creating the Joycelyn Elders Chair in Sexual Health Education. Now, the reason that she has given her name to the second chair at the university in Minnesota is because the University of Minnesota was one of only two universities that would accept a young black female resident when she was looking to do her residency. And so she has a soft place for the university, and we could not be more honored, and we want more than anything to have Dr. Elders see this chair 
come into being and have her be part of the selection committee for the person who comes and is the first seated chair for the Joyce Ellen Elders Chair in Human Sexual Health, I mean, Sexual Health Education. To me, that would be so awesome. And so that's why I am like hip, hip, hooray for what Dr., pardon me, what Representative Murakowski did. Now, let me go on to something that's slightly more controversial. This is something that just came out today. And some of you may have seen that there is a representative who is an OBGYN who people were saying, he is saying that babies masturbate and henceforth, and that's, that's the only thing that they were talking about, babies masturbating in utero. Well, he's an OBGYN. He's talking about sonograms. When I wrote my fifth book, Hot Mamas, I had other OBGYNs tell me the same thing. And other texts say they could usually tell that it was a boy because the hands were between the legs. What I would like to point out here is why is it that the people who can't get pregnant get the most airtime? Riddle me that, Batman, okay? Why is it it's always men? Excuse me? Hello? What is going on here? Knock, knock, and have a coffee. It's time to move these antiquated little attitudes out of the way. Now, let me go further down. They're trying to say that they wanted the reason that this OBGYN was making this comment, and I believe it was, was it Jerry Nadler who said it? Anyway, the comment is, if there is, um, if you can't say, if you can think there's pleasure, then you must be able to say that there's pain. That was sort of like, if apple, then apple. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to say the Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act. Well, Really what they're looking at is trying to cut the abortion ban of Roe versus Wade, that given um, right to 20 weeks versus 24. However, while the bill has forced members of the House to record a vote on the abortion, it has very little chance of becoming law. The Senate, which is controlled by Democrats, is unlikely to take up the bill, and the White House and President Barack Obama would veto it if it reached his death. But can, can someone answer me why it's only typically men who get airtime and men can never get pregnant makes me nuts and has ever since I was a teenager. So let's go on to the last fun one. Did you know that Sam Taylor Johnson, who is a director and directed the film Nowhere Boy, has just been selected as the director of Fifty Shades of Grey? How awesome. So I love the fact that it's a woman. And I love the fact that it's a woman who understands passion, given that she has a marriage and I believe it's two children with her husband, who is, I think, 20 years younger than she is. Anyway, I looked at this article and I was like, thank you. We are going to have, and there probably hasn't been a longer term where someone had been trying to put in a director for something. Directors come and go depending on, you know, what their previous commitments are, if things are taking longer with the run. Now, here's one of the things. Of course, we have no idea who's been cast in the different roles. If you'd like to amuse yourself ever so slightly, you might just want to go on and take a look at the Huffington Post um, today, and it's talking about it happens to be in the book section, and it's talking about her being hired as the Fifty Shades of Grey director. What I'd like people to be aware of, and, and this is something that I've spoken of before, I'm always amazed how many people are making comments about these books as this trilogy, and they haven't read them. Excuse me, 
would you go out blathering on about a movie that you hadn't seen? No, well, you can make a comment what someone else said, but don't act like you know about it when you haven't seen it. What really happens in this book, these books, it's a love story of two people who really don't have a whole lot of idea about how to be in a relationship. But if you want to watch how, I'll tell you, this story of Christian Grey, and you have to get to Fifty Shades Freed, you have to get to the second to last chapter to read the actual step-by-step. This is how a man reacts when he has been hit, when it's the thunderbolt, when he has been totally bowled over by someone. That is is the description, his action, his thinking, his behavior. And I think that is awesome. The first one talks about how Anna has been impacted. The the last chapter, the second to last chapter in Fifty Shades Freed, gives his reaction. There's also, there's good villains in this. There's all kinds of, you know, woven in things. There's lots of food, by the way. There's lots of music. By the way, if you want the music, you can go on and order it should you should you care to. And to me, it is a fun book. I'm looking forward. I hope they stay true to the course of what these books did, which is deliver a message about love. And coming down to my last minute here, for those of you who are interested in doing more things in your life, I have something you may be interested in. It is a program that I am part of that changed my life, changed my focus, and changed my relationship. And it is called Your Wish is Your Command. You can contact me about it. It is something that has given me more. It is literally that thing that I look for. And I do personal development stuff all the time. And I think we have a responsibility to do that. But to me, this is truly one of the best things I have ever done for myself my relationship with my partner, and for my business. And I thank you so much for being with me this evening. And by the way, next week, I'm going to come up with a nice little surprise for you. Thank you so much, and have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 